So um, there's a little booklet that was uh, in the doorway as you came in. If you didn't get that, you'll want to get that so you can follow along with me. I'll explain a little bit of this. You don't need to understand everything in this booklet to get filled with the Holy Spirit, but um, uh, this kind of just helps us to kind of get a little thing, and it also gives you something that you can, that you can look at after we're, we're done here to reinforce the teaching and the insights that you get from this, uh, from this experience. So um, this booklet is kind of cool um, if you uh, look at it. it on, the, on the left side, you'll see some teaching thoughts. And on the right side are any scriptures that are referred to in the, the teaching are written right out for you. So if you look and you go, oh, I want to check that idea, you can jump right over to see the scripture itself and be able to read it and see, oh, okay, that's why he's saying that. You can, uh, you can follow right along there. So that's how that's, that's laid out. And uh, what I'm going to do um, is I'm going to kind of do like a bird's eye view kind of scan of some of this note, some of this teaching. And then we're going to have a time where we're actually going to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, this is not difficult. It's not uh, rocket science. It's not, uh, uh, it's, you know, some, uh, it's an amazing, miraculous thing, but it's amazing and miraculous the same way salvation is amazing and miraculous. All of you managed to receive that, right? Hallelujah. Okay, so receiving the Spirit, is, it's, it's the same kind of thing. So uh, in your notes, number one, it says the Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity, composed of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What are some things that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit? He says that he convicts the world, and the Holy Spirit is involved in our salvation. This is, a, this is an important point, because sometimes you'll talk to people about the Spirit, and if they come from a background where they've, had the, they've heard the gospel preached and this kind of thing, in their minds, they're thinking, well, I received the Spirit when I received Christ. When I got saved, I received the Spirit. And the truth is that no one can be saved without the Holy Spirit being involved. So there's a truth in what they're saying, that the Holy Spirit had to be involved in their um, conversion experience. But what they're missing is this further experience of the Spirit that we're talking about, um, if, you, if you look at, uh, well, 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 look just in where we were right there, uh, the double eyes there, it says, he is the one who takes the things of Jesus and reveals to, to them to us in such a way that we understand salvation. One of the jobs that the Holy Spirit does is to take the things of Christ and to make them real to us. Now, probably all of us, uh, if you've spent some time reading the Bible, You've had this experience that I'm talking about where all at once you're reading something and all at once it kind of goes, Wong. anybody had that experience? You're reading something and all at once it's like, it's like, it, 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 it's like it leaps off the page at you, right? And that's a work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes the things of Jesus. Have you ever had the experience where may, maybe you've been praying and and the presence of Jesus has become so real to you. I mean, you just feel like he's right in the room with you in, in, in that moment. And you feel his love. People talk about knowing the love of God. But you feel the love of God. You feel it. Where is that coming from? The Holy Spirit is the one who takes the things of Jesus and manifests them or makes them real to you. And then it says here, he is the one who guides us into all the truth. Jesus himself was that all truth, and the Spirit is the one who guides us through the truth of the word. And, and then you see down here in this uh, C, it says each passage, there's some passages, each passage basically says that John baptized with water, but one who is coming, who is greater than John, he will baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. So, you know, we've kind of worked our way through here. We've talked about baptism of water, but he's saying there's something more here he will come, and he will baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, this passage is one of the few that's repeated in all four Gospels and the book of Acts, this same passage. And it's certainly an indication of the importance of it. So we're going to take a moment to see if we can understand it a little bit. So turn to the next page. It says two. And it says, what does baptism mean? Right? So we want to understand that, first of all. We've already gotten a little insight uh, into that from our session that we've had today. 
The word baptize comes from an untranslated Greek word, and the word is baptizo. Is everybody with me? See where we are there? Baptizo. The word means to totally immerse or to dip. And uh, so it's just a, just a simple word. It means to totally immerse or to dip. Every baptism has three parts to it. It has the baptizer, that's the one doing the baptizing. It has the baptizee, the one being baptized. And then it has the element, what the baptizee is being baptized into. Okay, so we just had a baptism in water. So who was the baptizer in that, that scene that we just saw today? Who, who, was, who was the baptizer? Huh? The, 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 Sand, the Sanders right couple right there right Nathan and Emily they were the baptizers and um, and who did they baptize somebody lift your hand okay there we are right there got baptized and what were you baptized into water right so every baptism has these three elements to it, okay, uh, involved in it. So uh, in the letter C there, it talks about baptismal water. We won't review that one because you, we've just gone over it. But, and, then, and then if you look at the next one, it says the baptism in the body of Christ. This is an important one for us to get a hold of. It, this is what it says. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13, right next to that passage, it says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Now this actually, there are people that get confused when they read this verse. Um, if you look at our note, it says this. In this baptism, the Holy Spirit takes you and immerses you into the body of Christ. Many feel that when a person is saved, he has received the baptism of the Spirit because of this verse. But if you look closely at the verse, you will see that it's not speaking of the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit, but rather when the Holy Spirit joins you to the body of Christ. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. So when you became a Christian, one of the things that the Holy Spirit did for you was the Holy Spirit took you, the Holy Spirit is the baptizee, the Holy Spirit took you and immersed you into the body of Christ. He made you a part of the body of Christ. And that's what this passage is talking about. So in the first one, we have the preacher doing the baptizing. In the second one, the Holy Spirit is doing the baptizing. So some people have gotten confused when they've read that because they thought, oh, well, this is the Holy Spirit baptism. No, this is not the Holy Spirit baptism. Remember, always the three elements. This is the Holy Spirit taking you and immersing you into the body of Christ. And then we see the third one here, which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This occurs after a person has been saved. It is a person's empowering to be a strong witness for Christ. Remember these words Jesus spoke. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Um, this is also the doorway to the gifts of the Spirit. When a person experiences the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it opens up to them all the different gifts of the Spirit for them to be able to have access to. And in some cases, the Holy Spirit actually gives you a certain gift and you develop uh, an actual uh, potential, an actual ability in a certain area. So this one is different, okay? This is the baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. In this one, who's the baptizer? Who does the baptizing? Huh? Somebody speak up loud. Jesus. Okay, come on. Man, I have to get hearing aids. And I don't need hearing aids. So, okay, so Jesus. So, so, so Jesus, and he takes who? He takes you, saved person, and he immerses you into what? The Holy Spirit, okay? So there you see these three elements and what's involved here. So who can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? That's the question, right? Anyone who has received Christ and repented of their sins. And you look right next to that, you see Acts 37, verse 39. This is a great passage for us for this weekend. It says, <clears throat> Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? 
And Peter said to them, repent, that has to do with turning to the lordship of Jesus Christ, and each of you will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, that's talking about water baptism, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself." So who can receive the baptism? Anyone who has received Christ and repented of their sins. And then secondly, those who have set their heart to obey the Lord. Acts 5.32, it says, We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Now, we have to be careful when we read that, because you might think to yourself, well, if he only gives the Holy Spirit to people who obey him perfectly, I'm out. You know what I mean? I'm not going to make it, because I screw up all the time. No. What he's saying is, what you did last night, you made a commitment last night, and you said, you set your heart, I want to obey you. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want me to be. I commit myself to you. When you have set yourself in that way, you're going to be imperfect. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to stumble, everything else. But the setting of yourself, the setting of your attitude for, toward the lordship of Jesus Christ, it sets you up so that you are a perfect candidate to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this divine power, this divine enablement. Okay, so uh, here's another question that comes up to people in sometimes. Is there a difference between these terms? Baptism with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, pour forth of my spirit, uh, Holy Spirit fell on them, they received the Holy Spirit, and the gift of the Holy Spirit, okay? And each of these are, are, are passages, these, these things are used, but when you actually study it out, you will see that all of these are referring to the same experience. In different passages in the book of Acts, they'll use these phrases all to look back at what happened in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10, and, and they'll, 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 they'll use these phrases back and forth to describe this experience with the Holy Spirit. If you look on, um, there's no page number here, unfortunately, but if you look on the page after where it says, is there a difference between these terms, uh, the large section where it says B, it says, Peter explains how the Holy Spirit fells on, on the Gentiles, just like he did on the Jews at Pentecost. And if you examine these references, you will see that they are all used to describe the same experience. The only apparent difference is the difference between when a, a person receives the Holy Spirit for the first time which is always accompanied by tongues, and the subsequent fillings that a believer receives to enable him to be a more powerful witness. So these are all listed out for you in the, <coughs> the passage and that kind of thing. So we need to, if you look on the next page, Ephesians 5.18 teaches us that the believer needs to be continually filled with the Spirit and not rely on his initial experience only. Just because you've had the experience of being filled in the past does not, we, just like we talked about last night about the idea of commitment needing to be renewed, the filling of the Spirit is something that needs to be renewed. You see when you read in the book of Acts, they experience something, for example, in Acts chapter 2, but then later on in the book, it'll say, and they were filled with the Spirit. There was another experience of the filling. And, we, and this passage, um, Ephesians 5.18, it says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that's bit dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. If we were to look in the actual Greek there, it means continue to be filled. We need to continue to be filled with the Spirit. It needs to be just a part of our experience, a part of our life. Okay, so we flip over to number five. It says, what is the relationship between speaking in tongues and the baptism in the Holy Spirit? So there are five different cases in the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit, people have a first-time experience with the Holy Spirit, right? Five different times where they have the first-time encounters with the Holy Spirit. In three of those five encounters, it plainly says that they speak in other tongues at that time. In one of the account encounters in Samaria, it doesn't say what happened. All we know there is that what happened was of such a nature that Simon the magician looked and said, I want to, is it possible for me to buy this power? I would like to buy this power, right? 
So we have to believe something dramatic must have happened because if I go up to somebody and I say, okay, be filled with the Spirit, hallelujah, be filled with the Spirit, and he looks at me like this guy's looking at me right now, um, <laughs> nobody is going to say, hey, you know, I'll buy that power. You know, I, I, I want that. You know, there must have been something when they laid hands on them and prayed for them. And, uh, and from what we see in the other experiences, the great likelihood is they spoke with other, they spoke with other tongues. And, uh, and we could look at different passages all through here. I'll let you look at that yourself. But maybe one I love to look at is, uh, is um, Paul at Ephesus, Acts 19, verses 1 through 7. It's, uh, it's, uh, you flip a page, and you'll see it right there. Paul at Ephesus, Acts 19, 1 through 7. It says, It happened that when Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? This is kind of what I feel like our situation is here today. You've come in, you've come part of the school, you know, I don't really know you yet, but I'm starting our relationship out with a question like Paul did. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And then he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, just like you were today. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. These were, in all, were 12 people. So we're essentially following the same pattern with Paul. We're saying, well, you know, what have you known? Have you been baptized? No, okay, we're going to get you baptized. Got you baptized. And now we're going to say, okay, are you, you're baptized? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Well, you know, I haven't even heard about that. Okay, well, you're going to hear right now. We're going to lay hands on you and pray for you, and you're going to get a release in a prayer language, and you're going to be able to enter into that experience. It's just a doorway, kind of a doorway experience. Okay, so number six in your notes. What is the ability to speak with tongues? What is the ability to speak with tongues? The ability to speak with a language, earthly or heavenly. That's interesting, isn't it? Languages that are heavenly languages. It says the ability to speak with a language, earthly or heavenly, that has not been learned, nor is it understood by the speaker, except by the use of the gift of interpretation. And then B, it says, it's important to understand that there are various kinds of tongues. Again, this is what causes a lot of confusion because people try to take scriptures and use them to put limitations on the gift, the, the prayer language of tongue tongues when really the, the scripture is not written about that because there are different kinds of tongues and, uh, and to understand. For example, if you look in your notes, we have the tongues of Pentecost. And at the, when the tongues of Pentecost came, all the pe- they, they were in a, gr- a crowd of a very diverse crowd of people from many different nations and they began to speak in tongues and the people were hearing them in the very language that they, that they had, the people that were there in the crowd. That's a unique kind of expression, okay? That's, that's one kind of tongues. And then we have the gift of tongues. Anytime you see the gift of tongues, that phrase, the gift of tongues, you will always find it linked with the gift of interpretation. The gift of tongues, what is the gift of tongues? The gift of tongues is when a person, you, you, you may have had this experience in your church, or somebody speaks out loud in tongues, everybody else becomes quiet. And there's several minutes of this, them speaking in tongues, they stop and everybody waits. And then someone with the gift of interpretation, even the, either the person themselves who spoke originally, or somebody else with the gift of interpretation then interprets the tongue for the people that are there. And the Bible teaches us that that's essentially the equivalent to a prophecy, right? It's God speaking to the people, but he's using tongues and interpretation. Not everybody in this room is going to get tongues and interpretation. That's, that's, a, that's a unique gift, just like you're not all necessarily going to be, have the gift of healing. It doesn't mean you can't pray for people and see them healed, but you don't necessarily have the gift. When a person has the gift of something, it's a resonant thing. Just like everyone can prophesy. 
I've been in meetings where the spirit of prophecy comes on a room and everybody in the room can prophesy. But there's a difference between that and a person who has the gift of prophecy or actually has the office of a prophet. There's a level of reliability and a level of access that that person has that's different. So we're not talking about the gift of tongues and interpretation. God gives that severally as he wills to people. But what we're talking about is the personal prayer language. And you see that uh, in your notes. It's got the three little eyes next to it. It says personal prayer tongue. This tongue is for speaking prayers to God which are the mind of the Spirit. Now, you know, in one place in the Scriptures it says, uh, it says, these signs shall follow those that believe. They will speak with new tongues. This is something that's available to every believer. It's a tool that will help you. Um, I do this constantly. If you're with me in the prayer room, I'm walking around praying in tongues. If we're, we're here having a service, getting ready, I'm usually over the corner walking around praying in tongues. I, th this is my personal prayer language. And why, what, what, what do we see about it? Here, here are some principles that you can see. You can look these up right in 1 Corinthians 14. It says, um, you can pray unlimited by your own intellect. That's one of the powers of a prayer language. You know, it's uh, one place it says, I think it's in Romans, it says, we know not how to pray as we ought, so the Spirit himself will make intercessions for us with groanings too deep for words. So I don't know exactly how to pray in a situation, but I pray in the Spirit, and the Spirit himself will make intercession for me. And so I'm not limited by my knowledge in the situation. I can pray passionately knowing that the Spirit is revealing and, 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 uh, bringing what needs to be brought into that situation. You see number two here, it says, the tongue is for speaking mysteries of your spirit to God, not men. Tongues and interpretation is for the church. It's a gift for the church. Well, somebody speaks in tongues, somebody interprets, the church receives a message, like a prophetic message. But my personal prayer language is not for the church, it's for God. This is why we can all speak in tongues at the same time in this room and be in order. We can speak in tongues. Why? Because we're speaking directly to God. Just like if you came next to me and you were standing next to me and I was going, oh, Jesus, I love you. Oh, Jesus, you're, you're awesome. Oh, you're the greatest. Lord, I just lift my hands before you. You would understand I'm not speaking to you, right? Everybody understands that? You would understand, well, this guy's having a power encounter here with the Lord. He's having a little contact, a little, little relationship thing happening here with the Lord. And you would not be offended by that if you were near with me. In the same way, when I speak in tongues, I'm speaking mysteries to God. I'm bypassing my intellect, and I'm speaking right out, you know, just spirit to spirit, just right out, and I'm worshiping the Lord. I just, I'm giving that worship to the Lord in my prayer language. And it's not meant for interpretation. It's a personal thing. This verse is a really important verse. Number three, it says, in your notes, it says, this tongue is to build yourself up in God. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. So when, when I speak in tongues, the Bible says, I, that word edify comes from the same word that we get our word edifice, right? Do you know what an edifice is? Who knows what an edifice is? An edifice is a building, right? An edifice is a building. And that word edify means to build up, okay? So, so what he's saying here is this. He's saying, he who prays in an unknown tongue edifies or builds himself up. Uh, a guy I used to know, his name was Costa Dare, a great man of God. He used to say, he who prays in an own tongue charges his own battery. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you could use a battery charge? Right? I, I, every day I need it. Every day I need to have my battery charged, right? Every day I need to have myself built up. And here is an incredible resource that is available to you that you can begin to pray in an unknown tongue and you charge your own battery. You build yourself up. It's not about other people, it's about you becoming strong in the Lord. And this is why it's available to every single person. Everybody here can experience this and enter into this experience. It's, it's there. Uh, number four, this tongue is for singing and praying. I sing in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit. I do this all the time. I sing in the Spirit 
um, it's just a regular part of my life. I mean, I just know how to describe it. It's just part of me charging my, my own battery. I've come into the prayer room and walk around the prayer room. I'll, I'll just be singing in tongues or praying in tongues. It's just part of charging my own battery. I'm, when we're here together in worship, sometimes it break in between songs. I'll just start singing in the spirit. Why? It's a powerful tool to strengthen me. And it also takes kind of a cap off of my worship. I don't know if, you've, if you're like me, but sometimes I find that my language, it, it, it's like, a, I, I'm, I just only, I, I'm just limited. I can't say anymore. I just don't know the right words. I don't know what to do. But when I begin to worship and sing in the Spirit, I'm taking that cap off completely. And the Spirit is, is expressing itself to God. It's, it's a powerful t- thing. Uh, number five, this tongue is available to all Spirit-filled believers. Um, one of the great confusions about tongues happens when we try to apply the limitations of 1 Corinthians 14. In 1 Corinthians 14, um, it says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be two or at most three, and each in turn, and, let, and one must interpret. That's talking about the gift of tongues and interpretation. And so what it's saying is that if we were in the church and somebody speaks up in tongues and out loud, you know, everybody stops and listens to it, then somebody else speaks up in tongues out loud, and every, everybody stops, somebody else speaks up in tongues, out loud, everybody stops. Then, then Paul's saying, okay, wait a minute, we need an interpretation. Somebody needs to interpret what's happening here right now, because otherwise people are going to be confused about what's going on, see? So this is a different thing from my personal prayer language in that way. Some people, tur- turn to the last page now. Um, some people refer to tongues as the least of the gifts. But rarely does a church that has rejected tongues enter into any other of the gifts of the Spirit. He was faithful in a little, and tongues is a doorway to all the gifts. And in receiving tongues, we learn the essentials of how to move into the other gifts, things like humility and faith and stuff like that. And two key essentials I want to talk to you about for a moment here. Now, we're not just interested in you having a personal prayer language. We're interested in seeing you empowered with all kinds of spiritual gifts, right? God has gifts he wants to make available. Some of them will be for the situation you're in. Some of them will become resident in your life. You'll have a gift of a certain thing that will be there. But we want you empowered to be able to move into spiritual gifts. Well, tongues becomes the learning ground on how you can begin to do that, how you can begin to move into spiritual gifts. And there are two issues that have to be addressed that are there in your notes. And the first one is this, and this is any gift of the Spirit. This isn't tongues. The first issue is, is it me or is it God? That is an issue that you have to get worked out if you're going to move into spiritual power gifts in any kind of a way. What do I mean by that? Is that every time you go to move into a spiritual gift of power, the question is going to come into your mind, is it me or is it God? You have to be able to answer this question. Is it me or is it God? How many of you maybe have had this situation where you felt like the Lord was giving you a prophetic word? And you were thinking about speaking that word out, but you hesitated. And the question that was in your mind was what? Is it me or is it God? Maybe you've been near somebody and you looked at them and you thought, you know, I, I, you know, I know they're sick and I'd love to see them healed. I'd love to see them touched in some kind of way. And you thought, well, I, you know, I could pray for them. I could pray for their healing. And then you asked yourself a question, right? What was the question? Is it me or is it God, right? So anytime you stand at the doorway of moving into spiritual power, this question is going to come to you, and it will shut you down unless you make peace with this issue and, 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 and come up with an answer to this issue. Now, I remember one of the first times I ministered the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was actually to a friend. I had only recently received the Spirit. Actually, my experience was kind of an odd experience, the way I received the Spirit. I was all totally alone by myself, had never heard anybody speak in tongues, had never had had any kind of encounter like that at all. 
I was alone by myself, and I was asking the Lord, teach me to pray. I was on my knees in my little apartment that I, my mom and I had, and, and I was on my knees, and I was praying, Lord, teach me to pray, teach me to pray. And as I'm praying this, this teach me to pray, all at once, boom, I start speaking in tongues. And I was like, Ugh. that was odd. You know what I mean? That, that was a weird experience. What was that about? And then I went to church, actually to a Bible study, and I was with a group of people who were spirit-filled, and I said, you know, I had this very weird experience the other day. I said, I started speaking in a language I didn't know. And they, and they were like, whoa. And they said, okay, let's pray with you right now. And they pray, laid hands and prayed with me, and I broke through. And, and this became then just a regular part of my life. Okay, so I'm witnessing at school, and a, a friend comes to me and says, I want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I said to him, okay, great, come on over to my house. So he comes over to my house. We're in, uh, in, in my bedroom, and I'm laying hands on him, and I'm praying for him. And I pray, Lord, I just ask you to fill him with the Holy Spirit and, and you, know, all, you know, all this kind of thing. And nothing's happening. No breakthrough. Nothing's going, nothing's happening. And I'm thinking, what is wrong? You know, why isn't he, why isn't he breaking through? And then all at once the Lord speaks to me. And the Lord says to me, how can I give him something you don't even believe what you have is real? And what he was referring to is after I got filled with the Spirit in such a unique way, like I described to you, doubt began to fill my mind. And I began to think to myself, I don't know if this is 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 it me or is it God? You know, I don't know if this is real or if it's not real. You know, even though I had been totally apart from any human thing or anything, this doubt still came into my mind: Is it me or is it God? And so I'm I'm struggling with this in my mind. Matter of fact, it's so dramatic that sometimes I'm praying in tongues and the pastor comes by and I shut up because I'm afraid that he's going to be walking by and I'm going to be praying in tongues and he's going to stop and look at me and go, "What are you doing?" That's not tongues. What, what are you making believe, you know? And because I'm afraid, right, I have this, is it me or is it God? I have this fear, this doubt inside of myself. This is going on. And so here I am praying for this guy, asking the Lord to fill him. And the Lord says, you, you, don't, you don't even believe what you have is real. And so in that moment, I made a decision. And I just said, now, none of this is going on out loud. This is just, I'm just laying hands, praying for him. And this is, this is all happening in my head. And in my head, I say to the Lord, Lord, I believe that what you have given me is real, and I will never doubt you again on this thing. I believe what you've given me is real. As I say in my head, I believe what you have given me is real, and I will never doubt it again. Bam! This guy starts speaking in other tongues and, uh, and glorifying God. And so for me, that was like my moment where I got, I got, I dealt with the issue, is it me or is it God? I'm not going there. I'm not letting that doubt dominate me. I'm not going to let that thing keep me from entering into what the Lord has for me. I, I recognize that every time I've moved out, if I pray for healing for somebody, if, if, I, if, if I think I maybe get some, I have some direction about the future, every time I've had to have, I've faced that same question again. Is it me or is it God? And I've had to learn just to put that thing behind me and to say, I'm not going to live my life in the shadow of is it me or is it God? I'm going to give it, I'm going to, if, if it's not God, he can correct me and straighten me out, but I'm going to go for it with everything that I've got. Are you with me? I'm not going to live my life self-censoring, shutting off what the Lord may be doing through me because I'm filled with the fear of is it me or is it God? I figure if it's not me, God has good people around, authorities, different people. They can put me in my place. They can talk to me, but I'm not going to live my life in doubt and self-censoring. Are you with me? Okay. So that's one, so, so, it, so it doesn't matter. If you say, okay, I don't want tongues, I'm, I'm just, I want to go straight for prophecy. You know, that's my, that's my thing. It doesn't matter. You're going to have to answer this question 
about prophecy. You're going to have to answer this question about words of knowledge. You're going to have to answer this question about miracles. You're going to have to answer this question about healing. You have got, it's a faith crisis where you have to decide, I'm not going to live myself. I'm not going to limit God and live under the weight and the doubt of is it me or is it God? The second principle, every person, and tongues helps you understand this and learn this, and that's why it opens up all the other gifts of the Spirit to you. The second principle that every person has to deal with is this understanding, and I I wrote it down in your notes, I used the word cooperation. A lot of people have this thinking that if God is going to move through me, he he bypasses my will. That is, for example, if we were talking about tongues, if God wants me to speak in tongues, he's going to have to come inside of me, take over my mouth, take over my breathing, blow the wind out through my mouth, and move my lips and my tongue so that words come out. So it's going to have to be, you know, and, if, and if it's anything less than that, I'm, I'm uh, insincere and somehow I, I'm, I'm not authentic. It's not real. I want you to understand something right now. Every work, every miracle work begins with a cooperation between you and God. God does not sovereignly come over you and take over your body or your mind or anything like that. He instead... He, he cooperates with you. A great illustration of this would be, would be um, uh, uh, Peter when Jesus is walking on the water. Right? Peter looks out and says, you know, says to Jesus, you know, bid me come to you, Lord. And, 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 and the Lord says, come, come on, Peter. Peter climbs out of the boat. It wasn't like the spirit came over Peter and he was like, you know, you know. It was Peter who was climbing out of the boat. Are you with me? It was he, he had to cooperate with this thing. And for a period of time, he walked on the water with Jesus until he got overwhelmed with doubt in his situation. But the point I'm trying to make to you is the miracle happened because Peter cooperated. It wasn't... You know, when, if I'm going to, you know, I think maybe the Lord's got a word for this person. There's a prophetic word or something like that. It doesn't just come over and take over and all that kind of stuff. I have to make a decision. I'm going to cooperate. I'm going to, I'm going to go to that person. I'm going to say, hey, would you mind if I, I just felt like the Lord has something for you. I'd like to just share something with you. And, and, and I, have to, I have to speak it. I have to cooperate prophecy i have to cooperate healing you know i have to i have to you know it's not like you know all at once the spirit comes over me and you know i got a healing for you you know that's not what happens instead what happens i go is is i have to work my way through this feeling right i have to go whoa i feel like maybe the lord wants to heal this guy and then i have to work my way through is it me or is it god and then I have to say, okay, if this is going to happen, I'm going to have to step out of the boat. I'm going to have to cooperate. I'm going to have to step into the situation in some way. And I'm going to. Are you following me? Okay. So speaking in tongues requires this same thing. You know, God doesn't just take you over. It's a cooperation. The way it says it in Acts 2, it says, um, they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance, you know. They, they spoke. They had to speak, and then the Spirit gives utterance. When I, you know, when I speak in tongues, it, God doesn't take me over and make my mouth move and blow wind out through my lungs. I have to speak, and then the Spirit gave me utterance. The faith is I step out and begin to speak, trusting that the Lord is, is, is going to fill my mouth and that the things are going to be, these things are going to be coming from him. I'm believing. It's a faith act. I'm believing as I step out and begin to speak that this, uh, that this is from him. And, and unless there is that cooperation there, you're not going to enter into any of the gifts of the Spirit. You're not going to enter into the supernatural realm at all. 
You can't do it unless you're willing to answer the question, is it me or is it God? It's, I'm putting that question behind me. It's God. I'm trusting God. And I'm going to trust his body to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to go for it with everything that I have. And then when it comes to speaking in other tongues, I am going to speak trusting that God is going to fill my mouth with the words, but I have to begin to speak. I have to speak. And then the Spirit will give the utterance. That's his part. That's his his thing in the process. But it's an act of faith that all of us have to enter into. So, you know, uh, some, sometimes I'll, I'll pray with people and they're, they're, they're in passive mode. And they actually think if they cooperate at all that somehow the experience is inauthentic. And they put themselves in passive mode and they're just kind of like, okay, I'm here. If God wants to do something, You know, if God wants to speak through me, I'm available. Nobody enters into miracle power through passivity. It just does not happen. You enter into miracle power by you agreeing with God and taking a step of faith and stepping out, and it requires courage. There's a courage and a boldness that's involved. And so in many ways, the first step to enter into any of the spiritual gifts is to learn how to step into this area of speaking in other tongues. It's like a, it's like a beginning uh, aspect for you. Okay, how can I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It says by simply asking. Sometimes it will happen just between you and Jesus, and sometimes through the laying on of hands. These are all different uh, biblical ways that, uh, that, that this can happen. And then it says, key hindrances to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I've found as I've ministered to people, what keeps people struggling a little bit? Number one, contrary teaching that robs their faith. That is, maybe they heard somebody teach against the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and now they have a hard time, you know, entering in and and, and believing God in that. Fear of not getting the right spirit. You know, sometimes people are like, well, if I open myself up to to the spirit, um, who knows, some demon might be roaming around and jump right down my throat, you know. And, and you know, Listen to me right now. If you're not safe here, you're not safe anywhere on the planet. You're in an environment that has been dedicated for decades to holy purpose, for, for over a century, to holy purposes. You're surrounded by people who love God and care about God and want to see you succeed. This is as safe an environment as you could possibly in. I'm telling you right now, no demon is going to get on you. They're not going to be, you know, just take the simple words of Jesus. If you ask your father for a good gift, he's not going to give you something bad, is he? He's not going to do it. So you've got to just shake that off, that fear uh, of not getting the right spirit. Fear of rejection by God. We're going to be talking tonight, I'm going to be talking to you about overcoming rejection hurt and self-will and and how to get healed from that stuff. But some of you have rejection in your heart, and you're thinking God is sitting up in heaven looking down at you, sees all your failures and weaknesses, and you're going, okay, I'd like to move in the spirit, but uh, I think God's looking at me, and he's going, I'm not giving them my spirit. You see the dopey things they do? You see what the the stuff they were looking at? Did you see the things that they, they, I'm not going to give them my spirit. And and it's locking you up from realizing that the reason God gives you the Holy Spirit is to enable you to overcome in the very areas that you're concerned about. You're thinking you got to be good and he's going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's thinking, I want to give you the Holy Spirit so you can be good. You can do the right thing, see? You don't have the power to do the right thing now. You've got to receive power and enablement from on high. Uh, sister to that, number four, trying to be worthy. You know, you're thinking that, that it's a gift. You don't get worthy of a gift. It's just given to you. He, he, he just gives you this gift. Critical, mocking, or judging spirit. Sometimes, um, maybe in the past, you've, you've uh, been cynical of the work of the spirit, and you've spoken cynically about it. And now you find yourself wanting to experience it, and you've allowed that cynicism to get into your spirit. We'll break all that off of you. You don't need that anymore. Wrong understanding of how the spirit works, thinking that it's going to kind of take you over instead of cooperation. 
And then last of all, I put down there, number seven, keep on speaking. Once you begin to speak, you need to keep on speaking because you'll find this even with this weekend. You know, we're, gonna, we're having a tremendous weekend. We're going to end tonight. It's going to be a spiritual high. It's going to be tremendous. But by t- Monday morning, you'll feel like somebody beat you with a stick, rode you wet, and put you away, you know, wet. I mean, they, 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 you're, you're going to be, why is that? Because the, when you advance, the devil is pushing back. He wants to quench every enthusiasm, every bit of energy, every little bit of faith that's in your heart that maybe things can change, maybe things can be different, maybe I could move forward in some kind of way. And you just, and it's, and you just got to understand, I'm in a battle. We're advancing right now, but the enemy will try and quench you and stop you. And this is why even if you, you know, once you start during this time, you got to keep on speaking, keep on speaking, keep on speaking until the Lord will give you experiences and bring you through the whole thing and, and, uh, and like he did with me, solidify it so you have completely dealt with the question, is it me or is it the Lord? I'm telling you right now, it's the Lord and he's wanting to fill you and strengthen you and enable you and get you to move not just in the personal prayer language of tongues, but getting you to experience all of the different spiritual gifts uh, uh, in your life in different ways. You won't have all the gifts, but you can experience all the gifts in many different ways in your life. God will, in your time of need, he will come to you and enable you. I rely on that all the time. So I want to take some time right now to pray for anybody. Two, 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 two things. You have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit before in your life, never even prayed about it or anything else. You've heard about it, but never really entered into that experience. And we're just going to pray with you today and get you filled with the Spirit and get you released in your prayer language. And then uh, number two, you may have been prayed for in the past, but you never have broken through with the use of your prayer language and getting that flowing in your life and getting that because this is the doorway remember this is the doorway to all the different gifts so i we really want to see you get established in that so if you're in either one of those two situations i want you just to come to the front right now we're going to take a moment to pray and um uh just you're just looking for for more from god yeah come on You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. I remember one time at, uh, um, at Oswego when I was starting basic, there was a young gal who had never been filled with the Spirit before and, and, uh, and laid hands on her and prayed for her, and uh, she got filled with the Spirit, and that week she led two people to Christ. She'd never led anybody to Christ before in her whole life, but that week, you know, she got, she, there was a fresh power that was on her that uh, really helped her. I'd like to ask any of the seniors that uh, are, have some faith and want to stand with these folks, you can feel free to come, and any of the staff members that are here, feel free to come and, uh, and uh, stand with folks. And Now, a lot of times... Uh, in a moment like this, people get like super intense. You know, like, you know, I want to really, I want to really do it. I've got to work myself up, you know, or something, you know, to make something happen. But it's not, it has nothing to do with you working yourself up. It has, it, this is something the Holy Spirit does, right? You, your part is that courage to cooperate, that courage to put behind you, is it me or is it God? And then just to begin to speak, trusting that the Spirit will give you the words. Now, when I speak in tongues, I don't speak if you have, you, you might have multiple languages that you know of. When you speak in tongues, you're speaking in something that, that you know, you don't, you don't know, basically. You're not, you know, you don't have that, uh, um, that experience. And so you're, 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 you're stepping out that way. Sometimes people will say to me, they'll say, well, how can I possibly start speaking if I don't know what I'm going to say? But I'd say to them, you started out speaking without knowing what you were saying. You ever been around a little kid? He's like, you know, he's jabbering all over the place, has no clue what he's saying. 
right? So I know everybody here has the ability to speak without knowing what you're saying, right? <laughs> Some of you prove it all the time, but, you know, this is... <laughs> You know, so you don't, have to, you don't have to know what you're saying. You just, your job is to just begin to speak and to trust the Lord. You're just saying, you're saying look, I just want what you want, Lord. I, I, and trust the Lord to be able to, to begin to flow through you and to break this thing and, you know, make things happen for you. So what we're going to do is we're going to just pray. We're going to have a moment where we just invite the Holy Spirit to fill us. We're going to actually... I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you just to like breathe in, just by faith. Just say, okay, I'm just going to breathe in the Holy Spirit. And then when I begin to breathe out, I'm going to begin to speak. And just speak. Just, just, just start speaking. You, don't, you know, just start speaking. You might have things screaming in your brain. Is it me or is it God? You know, I don't know. You, know, you just got to set that behind you. You just got to say, I'm just going to speak. I'm going to speak. And, and like anything, the more you do this, the more it will become a fluid part of who you are and will become just one of your tools, one of the things that you use uh, all the time, just a fluid part of who you are uh, in that kind of way. So um, remember, he doesn't give the Holy Spirit to those who are holy. He doesn't give the Holy Spirit to those who are perfect. He gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. This is what the Bible says. That's all I'm telling you is what Jesus said. He gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Hallelujah. So just ask him right now. Would you do that? Just ask him in your own words, just right where you are. Just ask him. Say, Lord, just fill me with your spirit. I just, you just express to him what you're longing for. Just ex express to him your desire. You stood up here. You came up here. Or something in your heart. You just ask him right now. He says he gives good gifts to his children. To those who ask him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, now we're just going to put your whatever language, you, language or languages you may know behind you right now. And we're going to breathe in. And then we're going to breathe out and begin speaking, okay? So I, I just, just right now, just together, let's just breathe in the Holy Spirit. Just. Just begin speaking. You don't know what you're saying any more than I know what I'm saying right now. Oh, Spirit of the Living God, Shiba da 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 ba kusha da ba kiriya da ba kisa da ba ko, randa ba kusha da ba ko. Give up on English. Give up on any language you know. Masa da ba kisha da ba ko, randa ba kisa da ba ko, randa ba kusha da ba ko. Just begin speaking. Just speak. Just speak. That's it. Just do it. Masa da ba kisha da ba ko, randa ba kisha da ba ko, randa ba kisha da ba kiriya da ba kusha da ba ki, masha da ba ko, randa ba kisa da ba ko. Speak it out louder. Be bold. Be bold. Don't let the devil intimidate you. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Okay, okay, follow with me right now. Okay, so, so back some years ago, uh, my, my kids were all little, and my wife did this thing where she, uh, she, they, they, she was on a crane, and it was a cage, lifted her up, I don't know, 15 stories, and, uh, and then she had a bungee cord tied to her, and she jumped out of the cage, and, and back up again. All the kids, before she went in, they said goodbye to her, you know, goodbye, Mom, you know, because never, nobody expected her to come back from this. It was, like, terrifying. Well, it was interesting because um, she got pulled up there, and she was on the side of the, the, the cage. The, the person opened the door, 
She was standing right, holding on to the cage, standing there. And he says, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to count now. One, two, three, bungee. And when I say bungee, you tip over and fall, fall down. And so the guy counts. One, two, three, bungee. And my wife is still clinging to the side of the cage, like any sensible person would be. She's clinging to the side of the cage. And he says to her, he says, okay. He says, are you going to do it? Is it going to happen? And uh, she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, count again, count again. And so uh, he counts again. One, two, three, bungee. And she goes, uh, and she falls off down 15 stories, you know, everything there. So what we're going to do is we're going to do it again, okay? We, we, we just did it one time through. And some of you jumped right off. And some of you are still holding on to the side of the cage, okay? And you're standing there going, it's okay, it's okay, totally normal. So we're going we're, we're gonna to just do this again. We're just receiving the Spirit. And then after we begin to pray in tongues, we're going to just begin to sing in the Spirit too, okay? So you, you, we're going we're gonna to kind of break things out here. Get a, you know, we pray in the Spirit, we sing in the Spirit. This is all biblical. So... So let's just do it again now. Hallelujah. Lord, we just come before you right now. We, we, we made one jump out of the bungee cage, and now we're up for a second time. Uh, some of us were still just holding on to the side of the cage. We were afraid to go, but we're gathering our courage just the way my wife gathered her courage. And so here we go again. We're going to do it. We're going to breathe in. And then when you breathe out, you just have to speak. That's your job. What comes out, that's his job. You just speak, okay? So breathe in right now, and then some of you are going to lay hands on thousands of people and see them filled with the Spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Just begin to sing. Oh, Oh, we glorify you, Lord. Oh, we magnify you, Lord. You are powerful, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. When my wife was prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, nothing happened when she was prayed. And she was in her room during that next week, and she was laying on the floor and had a couple speakers from her stereo there and playing some music. And, and as she laid there just before the Lord, she just began to speak in tongues and began to glorify God and just began to worship. So, you know, if you, if you didn't speak today, that doesn't, this is not the end of the story. You ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit. And he gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. That's just straight up Bible. If anything is real, that's real. And, and, and so now, you, as you're going through your days, you, 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 you know, make room for the Lord. If he wants to move through you, if he wants to speak. And you, you know, who knows what is going to happen. Those of you that have more of a free flow, you need to practice this now. You need, to, you need to pray in the Spirit. Get alone in the prayer room. Just pray in the Spirit. Get in your car driving. Just pray in the Spirit. Make it something that is just absolutely a part of your life. Just praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for everyone 
of these people that's presented themselves before you right now, Lord. Pray for a powerful grace and anointing upon them. I see them not as they are today, but I see them as they are going to become, Lord. I see the truth that you're working inside of them. Lord, the thing that you're, you're doing and where other people look at them and they only see their human ability and their human capacities. I see beyond that human capacity right now, Lord. And I see that you're going to do things through them that no one could have measured, no one could have known, no one could have shaped or understood. They, they were, they couldn't, it wasn't that they would be given a test and it would ever show itself. But the truth is you've put capacities, you've put abilities, you've put things inside of them where you are going to use them to change the world and to make a powerful impact for you. I believe you, Lord Jesus. I believe that they will be delivered from every oppression. I believe that they'll be delivered from every bondage. I believe that they're going to be released to be powerful in your hands, not held by the past, but literally liberated for the high call and the high purpose that you have upon them. Lord, I trust you for it. Now strengthen and encourage their hearts now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Everybody here, let's all just applaud the Lord. Just thank him. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord Jesus.